And I wanted to show that on my channel that things from four years ago on that channel, I don't do anymore, but I wanted to show that it was a journey and every day I'm learning and trying to grow and improve. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So, Andrew, this is episode 355. That has some significance, which possibly I'm not completely aware of. No, I know you are aware of this because you actually came up with this idea a couple years ago when a lot of people were essentially forced to homeschool. Mm. And you said, you know what we should do? We should do some podcasts dedicated to new homeschoolers. So we call these our Homeschool 101 podcasts, and we do these every 10 episodes. On the fifth. On the fives, yeah. Okay. Exactly. So it's what number? Three? 355. Wow. Okay. So this is Homeschool 101. Right. And what I thought we could talk about a little bit today was homeschooling special needs students. So, because we have a lot of families who, that's one of the reasons they bring their kids home or decide not to enroll them in a full-time school is they've got kids who've got some specialties. Well, and, you know, I go out and I meet a lot of families, and I would say that almost every family that has three or more children will Mm -hmm. have at least one of them that they have concerns, either diagnosed or not diagnosed, but concerns. Yeah. So I also thought it would be a really good idea to not try and wing this ourselves, but to bring in someone who interview an expert. Yeah. Or at least someone who certainly fits in with exactly what you said. Someone who has a a few kids and maybe one or both, maybe one or two of them are special needs. What do you think? I think we should introduce her. All right. So today we have Leilani Melendez here from Florida. So welcome, Leilani. Thank you. So tell us your story. You are homeschooling. And oh, I should mention to our listeners also, Leilani not only is a friend to IEW, she's actually an IEW affiliate and talks about us on her YouTube channel and, of course, can and does speak to this issue of special needs. Yeah, I I just have one question before she gets into that, and she can work this into the story. Her name's Leilani, but her her channel is Living with Eve. (laughs) So that raises the question, why Eve? Yep. A lot of people ask me that question. And actually, they think my name is Eve, but it's actually my daughter's middle name. Oh, so yeah. your pod, your podcast is about living with your daughter. <laughs> yeah, well, and it started off that way, but I didn't want to reveal what her real name was at first. But then just because I call her and I talk about her, her real name comes out. And so now it's just living with Eve. But I think there's some spiritual significance to it as well with Eve and just the Garden of Eden and the idea that we're all we're all going through a journey together and it's not going to be perfect as homeschool parents. 
um, even though we're still trying to do the best that we can. So. Well, good. Well, give us your story. Tell us, of course, lots of juicy details like how old you are and what you put in your coffee. <laughs> but also, how did you get into homeschooling? Have you always been homeschooling? How did you get into being, I don't know, an influencer, I guess mm-hmm. is the term. But uh, give us a little background and then we can interrogate you further. Okay. That sounds wonderful. Um, <laughs> so I'm 44 and I drink my coffee black um, <laughs> on occasion. Wow. Oh, you're in the club. <laughs> that is the club of hardcore. Yeah. See, that's me too. Always black. None of that cream stuff or creamer stuff. Or okay, but milk. Andrew, I'm just going to say to all of our listeners who have known you for decades, like I have, yeah. this is a recent No, this switch. has been years. Well, recent as in the last five years, surely. Well, I mean, when you have a conversion... <laughs> it's your new identity. Yeah, and just I sorry, the coffee thing this is bothering me because I feel like you were copying me cuz I went from cream to black too. Oh, I beat you for I did that first. <laughs> but I'm happy that Leilani is in our club. Indeed. All right, so tell us about your homeschooling journey. Okay, so actually I was a teacher for 10 years and it was when I had my, when I was pregnant with my second son, I realized that babysitting was going to cost too much. So I needed to stay home. But during that process, my husband and pretty much his entire family, they were homeschooling. My husband wasn't homeschooling. He wanted me to homeschool. And so being a teacher, I was like, no, that's no, no, I'm not going to do that. So he kind of would bring me over to his brother-in-law's house and they would show me homeschool curriculum, including IEW. And it just kind of wore on me. And then I remember just one day there was a situation when I was teaching and I was like, I really hope my kids aren't in this situation. And then I decided literally at that moment I was going to homeschool and I just went gung-ho planning all the things. I went to homeschool conventions and I resigned And um, now I'm homeschooling because I have my teaching certification. I'm able for the state of Florida to do evaluations for the homeschoolers, which is really nice um, because I get to counsel them, talk to them, walk them through their journey because a lot of them stay with me from year to year. And um, I was also a music teacher too, by the way, (laughs) because I know you're a music teacher, right? We have so much in common. (laughs) So you just said, okay, we're going to do this, and none of your kids ever went to school? And no, none of them you, did. You never looked back and said, oh, I yearn for the days of being back in the school classroom? I miss the classroom, though. I really do, yeah. actually. So I kind of get my fix by going and teaching at homeschool co-ops and also working and consulting with parents and also the YouTube channel because I get a lot of people asking me, you know, with special needs. So my actually my first son has been diagnosed with ADHD. How old is he now? He is now he's going to be 13 in a few weeks. Okay, good. And then my second one is also, but his is not on paper. Uh his is more informal diagnosis. So then the my fourth daughter when she was born, she was born with down syndrome. Mm. And um because of that under, I wanted a homeschooler right off the back. I was yeah. like, I'm going to be one of those crazy people that is going to homeschool my daughter with Down syndrome and nobody's going to stop me and tell me what to do. And I'm going to show the world that I can do this. I was really just headstrong, determined, but I was also going to show my journey. So my dad was really pushing me to just show, you know, the therapy that how we work with her on reading. And then I realized there's so much more than just her 
There's, you know, ADHD, sensory processing disorder, and then just other curriculum that's out there that people are asking questions. And then also with my evaluations, people asking me questions about homeschooling, 101, those kind of things. And so all of it came together and that just, you know, formed my channel, Living with Eve, and I just do all the things and help as many people as I can and that's kind of where I am. Oh, and the reason my name is Leilani <laughs> mm. is because my mom was born in Hawaii because her parents were missionaries in Hawaii. And that was actually before it was a state. So that's oh, where wow. my name comes from. And it, it means flower, right? It means heavenly flower. Heavenly flower. Yeah. yeah. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> so now your daughter with Down syndrome, she's the one named Eve. Yeah. Her first name is actually Naomi and her middle name's Eve. And how old is she now? She's now six. Wow. Yeah. And she's amazing. You have four children total. Yes. And like most parents, they're all very, very different. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. <laughs> and you have found that things that work for one don't necessarily work for another, but some things are very useful for everyone. Yes. So, Leilani, I'm, I'm curious because... I, too, was, before I homeschooled, I was a classroom teacher. And when I first started homeschooling, I basically did school at home. I brought the curriculum that we used in school at home. I had my boys sitting at desks, and and I really needed to break that. And I've watched some of the YouTube channels, some of your episodes on there, and you do this. It's almost a spoof, but I think it's so true about how do you read out loud to your children? And, you know, you're they're reading aloud upside down and they're eating popcorn, though I notice that Naomi is just kind of playing with the popcorn. She's not actually eating it. But <laughs> yeah. I, I see that you have a much more relaxed homeschool environment than I did. And I also think there's a misunderstanding that people who think it's better to have been a teacher and then to be able to teach your children at home, I had an advantage. And in some ways, I consider that a disadvantage because I needed to break myself from the habits that I developed as a classroom yes. teacher and kind of just free up my kids. And they were really grateful when I finally got that epiphany. So your question for her is, did she have to go through the same... Detox. Detox, <laughs> yeah. I'm still detoxing. <laughs> <laughs> I should, every single day, yeah. Same detox every day, definitely. And I talk a lot about that on my channel because I, I, a lot of when I first started homeschooling, a lot of people came up to me and they're like, "Well, what about this? And what about that?" And I'm like, I, "I'm just trying to get my feet wet and understand this whole, I guess, movement. I don't know even what to call it. Community of people. But there was also a lot of people that were very resistant to me." you're a classroom teacher, We, you don't know what you're doing. And um, that was hard. But I also did have a lot of people that came alongside me that kind of pointed me in different directions. I did not bring school at home, but I did make the mistake of thinking that my son was smarter than he actually was and trying to make him memorize at the age of six, I think it was six or seven, the entire continent of Africa and all the state or all the countries that didn't go over too well, but I tried. <laughs> and that's when I realized that I just had to do do things a little bit differently. And it's been every day, just a different step. And I wanted to show that on my channel, that things from four years ago on that channel, I don't do anymore, but I wanted to show that it was a journey and every day I'm learning and trying to grow and improve. I think a lot of people who look at families like yours <clears throat> with a child of, let's say, you know, Down syndrome or 
kind of extreme autism or maybe a cerebral palsy or things that just are clearly putting them in that challenging in different ways category. They just look and think, well, your life must be insanely hard. How do you do it all? And then on top of it, you've got a good platform. You you create content that's of great value to thousands and thousands, ten dozens of thousands, mm-hmm. I think. So I, I guess if there were a mom out there who's got a couple kids and then she's got a child and within the first year or two realizes, okay, this child definitely is going to have a diagnosed issue of some sort. What kind of life experience would you share so that that, that new mom is not going to creep into just feeling overwhelmed by what's down the road? Yeah. Well, I look at it as every kid is different. Every child is different anyway, and you have to adapt to them regardless. But a child who has special needs has to go to all the therapies, has to do surgeries, like my daughter had to do surgeries. I take that as a learning experience. And even if it's not something educational, it's character building with the other kids. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed with my kids, their level of compassion is so much more, and their level of patience is so much more than other kids. Now they have their faults, they have uh, faults as well. But I've just noticed them growing in those areas so much more than than I did, actually, until it was my age. But other kids, too, they're able – I know my oldest son, he'll sit down with other kids and, you know, work with them on reading and play games with them and, you know, use some of the techniques that we use in therapy with Naomi. He'll he's – just, he's just such a sweet, sweet, I guess, heart. Like, his heart is just so full of love and compassion And um, I don't know, that's what I've learned. But also just, they have to also adjust to Naomi's schedule. So they're learning how to adapt to change, be flexible. I mean, we're always on the go. My daughter's in nine sessions of therapy a day. And we have doctor appointments, you know, sprinkled throughout the month for her. My husband helps me. He drives her to a lot of them. But sometimes we have to pack everybody in the car and we have to go down to therapy and figure out what we're going to do while we're waiting in the parking lot for her. And so we get really creative with that. I always try to look at things very positive instead of the negative. So we get to do that instead Mm. of we have to do that. And I remember in the hospital, one of the things, because I was so distraught when we we found out that she had Down syndrome right after I had her. Mm -hmm. And I just was, you know, of course, it was like nonstop crying and being awake all night. But I remember just saying, okay, she is going to be she's going to make our family so much my so much more diverse there's just she's going to influence i kept saying rainbow i kept referring to it as a rainbow just mm. all the different personalities that we're going to have in our family and she's going to bring so much joy and i was just trying to find the positive in it so i knew cuz we had to do this there was no turning back so i could either be miserable or i could find joy so that's kind of how i do it and I still do. That's what I do every day. <laughs> Try to find something positive. That's just beautiful. And, um, you know, it reminds me, I don't know if you are aware that I spent three years at the Institutes for the Achievement of Human Potential in Philadelphia, working for Glenn Doman and his team in child brain development. So I spent three years in a clinic learning to evaluate, diagnose, and teach programs of treatment for children of 
every possible type of brain injury from Down syndrome to autism to actually blind, deaf, paralyzed. And one of the universal themes that had been well understood decades before I joined in was just the tremendous benefits to the siblings, to the family as a whole, that you learn to live at a level of sacrifice, which is truly extraordinary when compared to the normal family, everyone's all about me. And uh, now it's not. It's not about me. And, you know, I've, I've actually said publicly that every family would be a better family, every sibling would be a better sibling, every teacher would be a better teacher, every administrator would be a better administrator, every politician would be a better politician if everyone had a brain-injured child in their home for those exact two reasons. Number one, you learn that all children are different and it's absurd to compare them based on age, which is what the public system compels people to do, and that level of selflessness and compassion. So that is just ringing true uh, again and again and again. So, you know, encouragement to all the parents out there. I think one of the challenges is parents who think their child maybe has something going on, but it doesn't seem to be distinctive enough or significant enough to go and talk to specialists and spend a bunch of time and money and get a diagnosis, especially when so many people wonder if specialists can really help you. Can, can someone fix the problem or just kind of point you in a direction? And today, you know, so many people are doing their own research. So I think my child has some ADD or ADHD. That they're more likely to go find something themselves as a first response to that rather than go to their family doctor and say, I think this. Would you encourage that? I mean, is it good to have as much information as possible before you go for a diagnosis? Or what does a diagnosis really do to help a family? Because I know it can. Did with my son. As soon as we told him he was dyslexic, everything got a little bit better because before that, he just thought he was stupid. Right. That's hard. <laughs> and I have mixed feelings about that too because my one of my kids that I went and had diagnosed, it was so traumatizing for him, the mm. whole experience. And I, if I could go back, I would never have done it in the first place because it didn't – it really – all it did is say, okay, now he has a label. And I'm like, well, what do I do with that? We were able to get a scholarship for him, which has been great, but we're not going to put him on medication. And we, we tried therapy with him. And as soon as we did the therapy with him, they discharged him because he, they didn't think he needed therapy. Mm. So I feel like with him, it was like, well, I, I don't know. Now he's got this experience and now this label. What do I do with that now? And then the other, you know, the other son has, you know, we just didn't even, we knew what was going on. And I, but I think you have to take it you know, what, what is your intent? Is it because you want to get more therapies? You need somebody to keep you accountable? Do you need to put them on medication? Do you want to put them on medication? In the case for Naomi, I mean, it's there's physical traits there. There's a lot. So getting a diagnose, diagnosis for her, it was something that was just going to happen regardless. Um, I know with autism, my sister-in-law has autism, or her son has autism. I think the di- obviously the diagnosis for that 
was important because that also got him the scholarship and all the therapy. So I guess it's it's really, what are you going to do once you have that diagnosis? Right. Is it going to be really helpful? Another question I'm sure many people have, and you've probably answered this hundreds of times, but, <laughs> you know, help us. Because Not I, all, yeah. I think a lot of people would say, okay, you just said that you do many times a day therapy, many appointments a week, and you're homeschooling four kids. How do you do that when it takes so much time to do the things you have to do for the appointments and the therapy and the health and the that side of it? How do you how do you squeeze in enough time to homeschool the other kids well? Because I think a lot of people have this view, I would say erroneous, but you know, if you can't do six hours a day or something, then you can't really homeschool and your kids are going to get behind and all that. Do you hear that question a lot? Like, how do you fit it all in? Yeah. Oh, all the time. So how do you answer that to people who are worried about fitting it all in and covering all the bases and doing everything that needs to be done for every child at every grade level, et cetera? So I'm kind of fortunate because I have the most amazing husband who is very, very active as a homeschool dad. So I'm very lucky there. He is a paramedic, so he works very strange shifts. And he's off, what is it? No, he works three days a week. That's it. So he takes Naomi to therapy so I can stay at home with the other three and work through things. I also have an amazing mother-in-law who will spend a day taking Naomi to therapies and and doing teaching her. He, she teaches her stuff, like life skills. She taught her how to fold laundry and do the dishes and so I have a community that really helps me a lot. So I'm very fortunate in that way. But I know a lot of moms and dads don't have that situation, that ideal situation. So I I mean, in the beginning, there were times where my husband wasn't home all the time or he was busy. I remember we don't we didn't spend eight hours a day doing school or six hours a day. And there's a lot of independent work like that they can do on their own. And of course, it helps with structure and style. It's on video. And they do a lot of that by themselves. So I don't have to coach them the whole time. So we just kind of, we plan out. Actually, I, I have been planning their day out in chunks where I can, you know, I'm working with Hannah for an hour while the other boys are working on something independent. And then I'll switch and I'll work with a boy while the others are doing independent and I'll rotate everybody out. But I have it all scheduled. And now it's a routine. So that's kind of how I do it. And honestly, they'll be done. They're usually done with their schoolwork around one or two. And that's including a snack break, a lunch break. And we started at nine. And that's four kids. <laughs> and Naomi, too. We actually do have a program that we work with her for an hour a day. Wow. Well, that's very, I'm sure, should be very encouraging to people, especially if they're just coming into homeschooling and they have this concept of, well, I have to spend you know, all this time and be teaching and, and continuously interacting and directing all these kids. You know, one thing that um, I have heard about, I've never experienced it, but I've heard from a couple different old people. And when I say old, that just means like older than me, hmm. which is really old, um, <laughs> that, you know, the one-room schoolhouse model where you'd have, you know, 40-some kids grade you know, one through 10, all in one room, there's no way a teacher is going to be continuously interacting there. In fact, it's more as though 
they all know what to do. They go about their business. They help each other. If there's a question that can't be answered by the oldest other student in the room, then and only then would they pester the teacher. So I think uh, you know homeschoolers with either a lot of kids or with special needs kids, the children just have to learn how to be self-directed and self-motivated mm-hmm. and to work independently and to help each other. I'm sure you've found that to be a huge benefit. Yes, there has been so many times with my son, I'll be like, give your daughter a spelling test right now. I got to take Naomi to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Or can you check Hannah's work? Or can you help her with this specific thing? We do that all the time. And it's almost sometimes they're too much of a help because then they'll start to take over in certain areas. And I'm like, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm the mom in the house. Yeah. And we do the one room schoolhouse too, where we teach everybody the same subject that we do with science and history. And well, Bible, we go back and forth, but mostly science and history. And we'll do everybody together. The boys are pretty much on the same same level in those subjects. But my daughter, I won't make her do all of the papers. She'll end up just doing coloring books or drawing. And then Naomi will come in and she'll play with some toys or do a puzzle while we're talking and reading. We do a lot of reading. So that's that's our one-room schoolhouse. <laughs> you know, one thing that I believe all parents experience when they have three or four or more children and you're probably experiencing this even more dramatically, is that the comprehension of younger children in particular usually is way beyond their verbal skill. So yeah. parent, parents are afraid, well, oh, no, what if she doesn't understand this? What if he you know, doesn't understand what we're doing with the older kids? And one of the things I like to point out is that kids are used to not understanding everything. I mean, that's pretty much what it's like. They you know, as soon as they start to hear language, they don't understand most of it. And then over 10 years, gradually their comprehension starts to become manifest through their verbal skills. But there is that period of faith, like, yeah, let her sit in the room. We're talking over her head, but it's no big deal. She's a little kid. She's not going to be able to tell us what she understands, but we can assume she's understanding more than we expect. And we don't have to test that to feel successful, to feel like we're using time well, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I see it in my kids. My my youngest or my third grader, she's in third (laughs) grade-ish. She's, I mean, she's brilliant. She's got things that she can speak over the boy's head sometimes. But even with with Naomi, she's, I mean, she's nonverbal-ish. She's got some language. However, she's able to communicate so well with people, and she understands language so well. Mm. It's I can't even explain it. And I don't like to compare her, but I hear all the time from her speech therapist and her occupational therapist that she's leaps and bounds in her social skills. Nice. Above other kids with the same disability. I don't know if that's just because of the siblings. A lot of them, a lot of them say it's because of the siblings and the interaction with their siblings. And I don't even have to work on that. That's just something that happens. I don't plan that. Yeah. And, you know, you can probably imagine how things would be so very different if all your kids went off to different classrooms every day Mm -hmm. and spent, you know, a good chunk of their waking hours not with each other with other kids their same age, you know, what can they 
what can they learn in that situation, good or bad, compared to what they've learned in the home situation? And I have a really special place in my heart for Down syndrome kids. They're awesome. I've, I've known many. I one of my actually my very first employee, his youngest son, uh, was Down syndrome and was born when when we were working together. So. I, I've just noticed this incredible sweetness mm-hmm. that they often mm-hmm. have. This, it, it's like an innocence, a sweetness, uh, almost a clumsy level of affection that's just so heart-touching. Mm-hmm. And um, I think anyone who's had that experience would just be firmly in the camp of this is one of the greatest gifts you could have. But nobody would sign up for it, right? It, it's one of those gifts that you get because yeah. God says, you get this. And at first, you're fearful of the gift. Uh, but then down the line, you just think, I, I couldn't imagine my life without this level of joy. Yeah. You know, I don't even re- I, like When I'm around her, I forget she has Down syndrome. She's just Naomi. Mm-hmm. It's her personality. And she is, yeah, it is. You're right, 100%. The sweetness that they have, she has to say hi to every single person yep. in the room. <laughs> yeah. So before, long time ago, <laughs> like t- uh, 2018, 2019, we had season passes to Disney because we're in Florida. And we used to go once a week. <laughs> she would go down the line and say hi to every single stranger wherever we were. Nice. And Sweet. it was... It was a thing. And she would just, and I got so tired of saying sorry to everybody because she would invade their personal space. She would give people hugs. And most people were like very accepting, but you could tell some were resistant. But I just, I would be so tired. I was like, I'm done. She could just (laughs) hug the world (laughs) all the time. Hug the world. What a quote. That's That's what she does. Uh, well, we are getting to the end of our time because we do use a, a short-form podcast. Uh, Julie says because 20 minutes is about an, a walk's mm-hmm. worth of time. So tell us where can people follow you? They can follow me on YouTube. I have Living with Eve is the name of the channel. And I do have a website um, that's mostly just for support, uh, homeschool evaluations. And I, ha- I do have a book that I wrote um, it's called Freedom to Learn. It's this idea of, you know, wanting to encourage, support your kids and, and encouraging parents to homeschool how with God guiding them along the way or how they want to homeschool their kids and not letting other people tell them how they're supposed to do it. So is that book Freedom to Learn, like get it on Amazon or is it? It's on Amazon. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. It is. And I'm just trying to pursue that because I have a lot of things that I just want to say and um, speak into parents, you know, the homeschool community to encourage them. And um, so, yeah, the website, the book, I'm on Instagram here and there. That's more of my playground. I just play there and (laughs) put pictures up. But I do have the YouTube. That's my main platform is the YouTube channel and the website. And for people in Central Florida, you are available or are you totally booked up or you're, you're I'm one of these Florida. evaluators that help keep everybody legal and on track with the state, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm that middle middle person. So I just basically I sit with them for 30 minutes to an hour and just go over all the curriculum and we talk. It's great. But I do first come, first serve. I do have families that do come back to me, but they can find out all that information on the website. And it's all over the state of Florida. And what's the website? 
www.livingwitheve.com. Okay, same as the YouTube channel. And we'll be sure, of course, to include links in our show notes to everything that you mentioned and maybe more little gems that we find, like your read aloud video that you did that was super cute. (laughs) That one's kind of old too. That's funny. Oh yeah, because I have that, I have that pinned. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will hope that at some future time when I am in Florida, I can actually meet your kids, not mm-hmm. just make a video for them. <laughs> Please give them my best regards since I know they have they watched will. probably too many hours of me on video. <laughs> uh, and they tell, love you. tell them oh my, gosh. my bit of advice for them is stay out of the deep yogurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leilani, this has been a true delight getting to know you a little better and just learning a little bit about how you are homeschooling your special children. Because what is what <laughs> I'm thinking of the Incredibles. If everyone's special, then no one's special. But truly, when you are dealing with Down syndrome and you know, my own story is ADHD kid, mm-hmm. maybe more than one. Um, I just know that it takes a certain degree of patience and love and trust that God is going to bring you through this. And I hope mm-hmm. that this has been an encouragement to our listeners. So thank you, Leilani. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, or just visit us each week at iew.com slash podcasts. Here you can also find show notes and relevant links from today's broadcast. One last thing, would you mind going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast? This really helps other smart, caring listeners like you find us. Thanks so much.